You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right, yeah, our roster looks great on paper. Look the hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a good team. And you start building that during this time of the year. Get your sorry ass up! Get your sorry ass up! Doing a lot of talking with somebody that ain't do shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you think you're better than Jarrell Revis is right now? I'm better than you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. Dang, dang! Time is on the I ain't never seen you before, huh? Back up, Tanner, coach, you need some help. We're gonna expose you, boy. All right, we coming at your ass. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Let's go! Let's go! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTFPodNet on Twitter. You can find me, your host, Matthew Burning at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. We are just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network, though, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto from SiriusXM Radio, Mr. Bob Lung, the award-winning fantasy football consistency guide and the creator of the Midwest Fantasy Expo, Dwayne McFarland, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of great others, and you can find all of us on FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. We at the Roundtable are also excited to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. You can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the most advanced stats in football, baseball, basketball, and college football. College football stats are extremely hard to find. For just $15 a year, you can look at all of these. I'm telling you guys, it is well worth it. If you like to dive into the analytical side of sports and or for I use it for prospects, college football prospects specifically, it is amazing. It goes down to the minutest of details in this stuff. And again, it's just $15 a year. If you use our code ROUNDTABLE, you will get 10% off of that, which is a steal of a deal, if I do say so myself, and probably the best deal in the industry. So definitely check them out, especially if you want to get a jump on the upcoming draft class. It'll be well worth your time and money. And we've got another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast for you guys tonight. It is Friday night. Mr. Dennis Bennett is sitting here on hold, and we're about to jump on and start talking about our 2020 
Rookie running back ranks as the combine is going on in the background. Uh, cannot wait. Offensive line drills going right now, hoping that we can get to some of the running backs running their 40s as we're recording. So let's hop Dennis on here and let's talk about who our top 12 are currently for the rookie running back class. It's Friday. We've got Mr. Dennis Bennett back with us. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at culture underscore coach. And we are going to be, ironically enough, talking about our 2020 running backs as they are getting ready to run at the Combine. Dennis, how are you doing today? How have you enjoyed the uh, the new Combine schedule that everybody seems to be talking about? You know, for me, it doesn't matter whether they're on during the day or whether they're on at night because I still have to record them. If when they were on during the day, I had to record them, and when they're on at night, uh, because I have a family and stuff going on, I have to record them. So, six of one, half dozen of another. I'm just trying to keep up on Twitter. Yeah, I guess that's the somewhat good thing for me. And I've mentioned it before, but my wife, for the most part, works every night, so I kind of get every night to myself. So that doesn't. Uh, not necessarily a bad thing for me, especially when stuff like this is on. You this. don't have to watch The Bachelor and Survivor I and The don't. Boys. Uh, I am. Le- oh, I like The Boys though. We're talking about the show was, from Amazon, that was actually really good. I, no, the the voice. Oh, the voice. Gotcha. I thought we were about, about to say, "Oh man, come on, don't hate on the boys." Uh, no, I don't have to watch this stuff. Luckily, uh, now, two of the three I don't mind. I can't stand The Bachelor, but I don't. I don't mind Survivor and The Voice. Yeah, my uh, my wife is not as big into those shows, thankfully. And even when she is, she she actually watches them in the mornings when she gets home from work because she knows that I don't want to watch them. So it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I get to watch football when she's not here because I know she doesn't want to watch it and then vice versa. So it works out very well for both of us. Well, our trade-off is I sit around and I edit articles and I do writings and rankings and stuff while she watches those shows. So it's kind of our trade-off. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, we're in the same room, so it feels like we're together. You know, funny enough, that's exactly what we do. But she starts to get a little annoyed by it because then I'll sit there and I'll sometimes accidentally put the volume up as I'm watching highlights because I like to hear some of the commentators sometimes and what they're saying and that kind of annoys her. So usually I end up having to put some kind of headphones on or something. But that's, a, that's, I guess, enough talk. I'm sure not everybody here really cares about what we are or not doing with our wives when uh, we are um, – editing articles and everything wink wink so let's let's just start talking about our 2020 running backs uh you know we've been doing this series here for the past couple fridays uh we knocked out quarterbacks and tight ends uh both who who ran on fridays and i I can't wait for monday's episode uh, because we're going to focus mostly on breaking down the combine stuff then i want to get through the whole weekend of the combine stuff before we start breaking it down uh, so we decided we're just going to jump in and we're going to start talking about our running backs, keep it going. So as uh, per usual, I'm going to let you kick it off. and We're going to start with the bottom. Uh, we both have 12 guys, I believe, if I was looking at the sheet correctly there a minute ago. Yep. So you I, go ahead and, and probably have with your 12. 15 I feel okay about, but I'm very pretty confident right now on 12. So. Because I really, number, uh, hey, well, before what? you go into that, I only really have 12 guys, and I'm even kind of uncomfortable with most of my guys, like, after nine. So I'm interested, I'm glad, I'm interested that you said that, that there's 15 guys that you're interested in, but go ahead and give us your 12. Well, it's really, it's like that 12, 13, 14, 15. I could have probably picked any one of those guys and put it 12, but I, I went with DJ Dallas, uh, running back out of Miami, I believe. Yes. And, uh, you know, I guess I should know where he's out of. But I like it. You know, he's got good size, 5'10 and an eighth, 217 pounds. 
uh, showed a little bit of ability catching the ball. Uh, I, I don't know if he's going to end up uh, being the man anywhere. He, he seems like he might be destined for a committee job a la Duke Johnson. Right. Um, but he is big enough. He, he weighed in at a good size, uh, and depending on how he runs, and if he catches the ball, you know, he could be that guy that comes out of nowhere, you know, a third-round pick, fourth-round pick that stumbles into a job and ends up uh, putting up good numbers. You know, there always seems to be one guy. Uh, and, and when you're looking there, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, I think you're looking for a guy that, if he gets a shot, has has the ability to do something with it. And I think DJ Dallas is that guy. Yeah, he's a... Uh... He's a guy that I have as, have as well on my list. I'm a little higher on him than uh, than you are. A guy that uh, really uh, Garrett actually kind of turned me on to uh, late in the process. He's not someone that I paid much uh, much attention to up until that point. Uh, so for my number uh, my t- number twelve is a guy I talked about uh, actually on the Monday show with you and Matt, uh, and that is Salvon Ahmed out of Washington. Um, and a lot like what you just said on those bottom guys, I'm the same. Really, right around my nine to I've got probably. I I haven't looked at it exactly, but I'm probably close to you in 15 to 16 running backs that I've got ranked uh, for these. But but there's really only a couple guys that I really like. And and Ahmed, I put him on here because I think he's a guy who could really surprise. He's going to run and everything here in just a little bit. I think he's going to blow the combine away. Uh, but I actually think he's kind of a lot like what you were just describing with DJ Dallas. So 5'11", 196, he's a junior. Uh, some of his strengths that I've noticed were he's got great start-stop ability, great cuts. He's a great receiver, and he has that home run speed. He's a guy that uh, will really, once he gets in the open space, is very hard to catch. Uh, but his weakness is really just his size. He is not a very big guy. He looks big, uh, but he's just he's not a big overall back. And I don't know if he can hold up to being a every down back. I think uh, you know one of the players that I kind of. Uh, thought he reminded me of when I was watching his tape was Alvin Kamara. Now, it's not a bad thing, obviously, but Alvin Kamara can do it all, or I'm not sure that Ahmed can. Uh, some of the extra stats I have on him, uh, 3% big play percentage last year. He had six plays over 20 yards. Two of them went for touchdowns. Uh, 21.6 of the uh, team's uh, scrimmage yards last year, which was first on the team, but a 1.3 dominator rating, which was ninth on the team. What that means, for, for those of you who don't know the dominator rating, it's just a he, he didn't, I guess, excel in every touch that he got, which is a, a little disappointing. I think some of that had to do with some of his offense as well. Um, you know, Jacob Eason, a guy that we both talked about in the quarterback episode, was the guy who really wanted to go deep and did not check down uh, a lot to allow Ahmed to do more work. Who do you have at 11? At 11, I have uh, everybody's favorite watered-down son, Eno Benjamin. <laughs> you, you know, I... I like Benjamin okay. It's going to be, you know, he had almost 1,100 yards rushing, caught 42 passes last year. Uh, he's, you know, I'm waiting to see, is that real weight or is that combine weight that he put on? You know, when he runs, he, he was known for being pretty fast. He broke out at 19 as a sophomore. So I, I, I want to see uh, how he performs in these drills. It'll be interesting because there was some concern about his weight, and he put on about 12 pounds between uh, the senior bowl and the combine, and that's one of those situations where that's, you know, 12 pounds in a month. I think I tweeted out there that he uh, he, he was on that Papa John's 40 pizzas in 30 days diet. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, 
uh, but I want to see how he performs and if he can hold that weight. If he can hold that weight and still perform well, show good speed, uh, you know, he, he could carve out, carve out a nice role um, catching the ball, third down back, change of pace back, you know, get himself a couple hundred touches total per year. Uh, and, and a guy can be productive with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, at 11, I have uh, LaMichael Pirine out of Florida. Uh, he's a guy that I'm I'm growing on a little bit. I, I, there's a couple guys in this list, I won't lie to you guys, uh, that I need to do a little bit more work on. It's him and Anthony McFarland, who, who we'll get to here in a little bit. I have him a little bit higher than this. Uh, but Pirine, uh, 5'11", 2, uh, 5'11", 211-pound senior out of Florida. Now, some of the things I've noticed, again, I've literally only watched two little things of game film on him, so I really have not done a lot of work on him. But uh, his vision, durability, and contact balance were kind of what stood out to me. Uh, elusiveness is probably his biggest weakness. He's not a guy who's going to make you miss, which I do think is going to hurt him at the next level. Uh, obviously, some running backs we've had, uh, you know, remind me of Jordan Howard that just kind of run right in you and take you out. Uh, I, I don't think that those backs are going to continue to thrive in the NFL. So that that part of his game does worry me a little bit for him. Uh, some of his extra stats that I've got here for him. Uh, so his big play percentage was just 1%. T- two plays last year over 20 yards with zero touchdowns. Uh, 16.6 of the uh, team scrimmage yards, which was first on the team. Uh, And then his dominator rating, uh, he came in at a 6.2%, which was uh, fifth, I'm sorry, sixth on uh, on Florida there. So LaMichael P. Ryan's a guy I'm watching out for. I think depending on landing spot, maybe he gets paired with a, a... who uh, I mean, just off the top of my head, maybe a Denver with Philip Lindsay, a guy who I think can do it all in Philip Lindsay, but P. Ryan, the guy who can come in there and kind of be the big bruiser like Royce Freeman, since Matt seems to believe, especially living in the Denver area, that they might end up moving on uh, from Royce Freeman this season. Who do you have at 10? At 10, I have the uh, aforementioned Anthony McFarland. Uh, you know, 5'8", 208. He, he didn't have a great year last year, um, but he did I, against Ohio State in 2018, man. He was a world beater, and that sort of etched into my mind. Uh, he's definitely going to be a committee back. Uh, he's going to have to split time, but he's got good speed. Uh, I think he'll show well here in the combine. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what kind of numbers he puts up. And for him, uh, it's it's going to be landing spot dependent because because he is going to have to be paired up with somebody. I don't think he can carry the load. Uh, I feel like he's going to end up being, you know, a Gio Bernard type of back where you know he might get 125 carries and 50 targets or something like that. Uh, I think that's sort of his ceiling. But he he's. Uh, he's explosive, and he he can do a little bit with it. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where that where where he lands come draft day. All right. So for me at ten, I have DJ Dallas, who you just talked about a minute ago. Uh, so for me, a couple of things. I don't really have much to add to what you were saying. I think you're kind of dead on with him. I agree. I'm not sure that he's got the the I shouldn't say the ability because I guess he could in a way get it but I don't know if he's going to be an every down back in the NFL I just thought he was a stout strong runner uh, really powerful at the attack point and actually kind of shifty in space which I which I liked about him Uh, his weaknesses though for me uh, were explosiveness and uh, he struggled a little bit in pass protection which is again something you're going to need if you want to be on the field a whole lot uh 
His little extra stats here that I've got, he had a 5% big play percentage. He took uh, seven plays over 20 yards, three of which went for touchdowns. 17.9% of the team's scrimmage yards last year for Miami, which was first on the team, uh, but only registered a 4.1 dominator rating, which was seventh. So who is your nine? This is where I think we're going to start getting closer and closer to being more, more in lockstep with our top guys. Well, my number nine is five foot nine and an eighth, two hundred twenty-six pounder, out of the University of Cincinnati, Mister Michael Warren. You know he's put up uh, twenty, almost twenty-six hundred yards over his past two seasons, averaging over five yards a carry, scored thirty-six touchdowns, caught forty-six passes. He had a broke out uh, in two thousand and eighteen. With, uh, in his 20-year-old uh, season. Um, we got a chance to see him up close here a couple times uh, playing against Ohio State, mm-hmm. but he's got good size. Uh, he's shifty enough. Uh, he's probably not going to put up a blazing time, but if he runs in the mid-4-5s, 4-5-6, I think that's going to put him in good – Good position to be, uh, you know, maybe a plus version of Jordan Howard. Okay, nice. I like it. I like it. All right, so he's actually a guy that I uh, ended up leaving off of my list. I've kind of soured on him just a little bit uh, here late in the process. I actually have him at a uh, fourteen, so I've kind of dropped him a little bit here in my ranks. Uh, for me at nine, I have a guy you literally just talked about in Eno Benjamin. It's kind of crazy how much a year changes. I remember last year before we found out whether he was going to come out or not, he was really sitting in like the, not the top top, but he was sitting in probably the top five for most draft or most analyst uh, coming out of Arizona State last year. Had a really good season and this year just kind of fell off a cliff. I still believe in him a little bit. I don't think all of that goes away. You can't just be that good for one year and completely disappear. Uh, but obviously the fact that he just disappeared as much as he did uh, scares me a little bit, especially with this good as that offense was having Ayuk there. And then obviously Jaden Daniels, at quarterback, really kind of changed that offense, which I do think hurt him as well because of how much Jaden Daniels uh, himself would run the ball when situations got a little bit of hairy there instead of dumping off to Benjamin. Uh, but Benjamin, Arizona State, 5'9", 195, junior. Uh, the thing, I like the way he can kind of string certain moves together. There's a couple times that he made a couple juke moves to make multiple defenders miss. I don't, I wouldn't say he's overly elusive, but I did like what I saw out of that. Really good contact balance, and I like that he accelerates through contact as well and really kind of can take some guys out. Uh, his pacing was a little off to me, and then obviously he doesn't have the home run speed. Just a 2% big play percentage, 7 plays over 20 yards, 0 of which went for touchdowns. But 34.2% of the team scrimmage yards, which was first, uh, by far him and Brandon Ayuk last year, who he ended up having had a 28.2%. The next best was 14.2%. So they really were the offense for Arizona State last year. Came in with an 8.3% dominator rating, which was fourth on the team. So again, Looking at the advanced stats, he he had or shows to be a really good player. So I'm really interested to see. We haven't had a chance to see if I don't know. I don't think he's not running. I haven't seen anything about this. So we haven't had a chance to see him run yet. That looks like they're just about to get to the running backs as we're recording. I'm really interested to see how the combine goes for him and most of all his landing spot because I think that could really kind of change things for him. So that was my nine. So we are sitting here now at eight. Who do you have at eight? At eight, I have the uh, running Utah Ute, Zach Moss, 5'9", 223 pounds. 
Um, you know, Moss is a hard runner. Uh, he showed good ability to catch the ball. He, he's very patient, uh, and he has good speed, so he can kick it in gear. He's not afraid of contact. Um, can finish. He, he's good at finishing his runs. Yeah. I think the concern is going to come with him is will he be able to hold up? So it, if he's uh, you know if he's constantly putting that shoulder down and going into uh, 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 contact, you know you get injured a little more often than when you uh, you know save that happy yard and go out of bounds. So. Yeah. Uh, it'll be something to see. You know, he's kind of turning into one of the darlings as we run up to the draft. A lot of people are pretty high on Moss. Uh, I've seen him uh, up around five or six in a couple different uh, rankings. So uh, I, I like him. I think he's going to be a good back. Uh, he, he can definitely uh, – he's somebody probably the first of the guys I could see being a feature back. Yeah, I, I was just about to – two things. I was just about to mess that up. We were talking off air that I had messed up my rankings a little bit here, and I almost said I agree with you that I have Moss at eight, but I don't. I have McFarland at eight. Uh, the one thing I'll say on Moss, you said you've seen him as high as five or six. I've seen people talking about him as the number one running back overall. Like, that's how divisive Moss is in this class, and it's going to be interesting – to see how the rest of this process goes for him. I obviously have him just a little bit higher than you, but not much. And I remember uh, I put out my ranks a, a couple weeks ago on running backs, and I had a couple people just like blowing my mentions up about the fact of how I how low I had Zach Moss. So uh, I'm interested to see if, if uh, we are proved, I guess, right or wrong on him because he, he's a guy that for most of us we have closer to like the five, six, seven, eight range. And a lot of, said, a lot of other people seem to have him a lot higher. But uh, my eight – is uh, Anthony McFarland out of Maryland, who you just talked about here a couple picks ago as well. Uh, 5'9", 198, redshirt sophomore. Uh, so some of the strengths I saw, his speed and elusiveness is just fantastic. You talk about we saw him against uh, Ohio State, and it seemed like really he was the only one that could do anything against us because that passing game, uh, passing game was not doing much. Uh, home run hitter, his weakness, uh, he's not always great in space, which is a little bit confusing because he's – such got such good speed that sometimes I feel like he should make more defenders miss than he does. Uh, and I do think he needs a little bit more development. Uh, 4% big play percentage this year, five plays over 20 yards, uh, one touchdown, and then an 18.4% team dominate, uh, team scrimmage yards, which was second on the team, 4.5 dominator rating, seventh on his team. Who do you have sitting at uh, seven? At seven, uh, I have uh, Mr. LaMichael P. Ryan out of Florida. Five ten three quarters, two hundred sixteen pounds. You know he caught forty passes last year. Over the past three seasons, he's put up twenty eight touchdowns. Um, probably the biggest concern I see for him is is overall production. Didn't have a thousand yard season. Uh, his high in carries was one hundred and thirty six. So even though he broke out in uh, two thousand and seventeen as a twenty year old. That was his peak for carries. He had 136, 134, and 132 uh, the past three years in carries. But he has shown the ability to catch the ball. Uh, he's got a low center of gravity, and he's a patient runner. He knows how to set up his blocks. Uh, it has decent speed. Um, I think once he gets into the second level, though, he, he doesn't really he doesn't have the moves to make things happen. He's, he's good in a tight space, but yeah. in the wide open, I think he tends to, uh, uh, you know, outsmart. His body tends to outsmart itself. 
uh, and he, he sort of loses what's going on. But he, he's one of those guys that you could see come out of college, probably not going to be a starter the first year, but if he goes in, does the work he needs to do, he's somebody that you could see uh, coming into his second year, maybe taking 220 carries in his second year, uh, 60 targets, because uh, he has shown uh, the ability to catch passes. Yeah, all right, so for me at seven, I have Zach Moss, who, who you obviously just talked about. Pretty much agree with everything you just said there, 5'10", 222, senior, um, Loved the burst. I saw in the short areas for him. Really good vision. Loved his power and change of direction, as you were talking about. Uh, and, and I think that is another reason, in all honesty, why he is as divisive as he is, is because his his running style leads to his – uh, you know, you were saying the uh, the way he runs uh, is is so physical that I do think that also leads to the injuries that he's had because that's probably my biggest fear for him or question on him is his injury history and, and his running style leads to that. It's one of those things where if you change his running style, you're you're going to change who he really is. So I am a little worried that he won't be able to do that at the NFL level, which is why I have him uh, so low here. But, I mean, he is a phenomenal back. He, he Outside of the injury history, for me, there's really not much else I can question about him. Uh, 7% uh, big play percentage this year, 17 plays over 20 yards, took four of those for touchdowns. 33.7% of the team scrimmage yards, which was by far the most. The next best, Brant Kuth, 11.1. Uh, and he came in rocking an 8.7% dominator rating, which was fourth on the team. So, again, Zach Moss, uh, a guy who, in all honesty, probably could really jump up some of our list if he lands in a really good landing spot, like, say, Kansas City Chiefs or something like that. Uh, but for now, there's just – I like – these top uh, five guys I have ahead of him, just way too much for me to keep him, uh, to, to put him up anymore. So who do you have at uh, at six, I believe is what we're sitting at now, because yep. I can't count. So who do you have at six? At, at six, I've got Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. As do I. Uh, yep. Vaughn, he, he's a good size back. He's got pretty good speed. Um, has shown some ability to catch the ball. Uh, he d- doubled his re- more than doubled his receptions from his uh, sophomore or junior year to his senior year. Um, he doesn't have quite the burst you're looking for in a back, but once he builds up speed, he can be pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, he's got good touchdown uh, a, a nose for the end zone, so he's been productive uh, scoring touchdowns in college. So uh, he, he's. He's in a situation, we've got a, a, a set of backs kind of right here in the middle of our top 12 that are pretty landing spot dependent, and Vaughn is one of those as well. I could see him uh, coming in and <clears throat> splitting the splitting the load a la um, uh, Devin Singletary, mm-hmm. uh, you know, his first year, so, something like that where maybe he, he starts out the season getting 25% <laughs> of the touches. And ends the season getting sixty five percent of the touches, so uh, you know he, he he's I think he's built well for the NFL game. Yeah, I agree with you, and so I have him right here as well. So not again, not much really for me to add there. I did the rookie profile for him on on the Dynasty Nerds, and he's a guy that I I really like. I do agree with you. I think. I do think that he can handle the full workload, but I do feel like if he goes into an offense where he can kind of split it, maybe maybe even like just a 60-40 or 70-30 split toward him 
would would increase his uh, production even more. But he's a guy who can do it all. Uh, really kind of came on late in the receiving part of the game as well in college. Was not doing that a lot. Um, but a highly highly rated recruit coming out of high school. He was actually Illinois' uh, the Fighting Illini's uh, highest uh, recruited running back, and and had a phenomenal freshman season there. Then really just kind of fell off. Uh, with uh, man, I just had his name in my head, and it it, it jumped out. Uh, Love uh, was it Lovey Smith? Uh, once he left the NFL and came to to Illinois to be their head coach, he kind of for whatever reason just didn't like. I don't. I shouldn't say didn't like, but uh, he didn't feel Vaughn fit his system very well, and so in his, coming into his sophomore year he got replaced uh really kind of felt as like the third and fourth guy on the depth chart which is why he transferred out and of course uh the the new transfer rules were not in effect when this happened so he actually had to sit the entire year before he could play for Vanderbilt so it's why he's also coming in older than a lot of these other prospects he is a he is a redshirt senior uh, so let's see here. I said 5'10", 205. Uh, ended up with uh, a 4% uh, big play percentage last year. 10 plays over 20 yards, uh, two of which went for touchdowns. 37.8% of Vanderbilt's team scrimmage yards. Uh, and ended up with a 9.2% dominator rating, which was fourth on the team. So we are now getting into our top five, correct? I feel like I am keep messing up these numbers here. And who is your correct. number five? Uh, my number five is the same as your number five. It was the same as it ever was. All right. Uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire. Oh, I just realized we yeah. have almost the exact same top four. Okay, cool. All right. Well, go ahead five, and take it away. Well, five, four, five, four, and three for us are yeah. the same. You know, I, I like Alaire's game. He, he's. I, I do have a little concern about him holding up to an NFL pounding. So yeah. I, I, I see him maybe more in the Alvin Kamara role. Uh, you know, he caught 55 passes last year. Uh, so I could see him, you know, being, uh, you know, an eight to 10 carry guy and an eight to 10 target guy per game. So he's dynamic. And I, I think used like that, he can be a super dynamic player, uh, catches the ball, good with the ball in his hands. Uh, you know, I, I can't wait to hear your advanced stats for him. Uh, uh, they're they're good. Uh, obviously, it, it's funny. Uh, I'm I'm right there with you. You know, I, I used uh, Alvin Kamara as kind of a comparison for one of my guys earlier. I think Hilaire fits that perfectly. I I honestly I love Hilaire. I think he was really good. Obviously, a lot of people thought he was going to be replaced by John Emery Jr. this year, the the freshman who they they signed or not signed but recruited earlier this season, and then Hilaire really kind of just blew up and, and proved everybody wrong, because I'm going to be honest, I mean, you know, uh, we, we've got a bunch of really smart Debbie guys that work for Dynasty Nerds, uh, others that we talk to all the time, and nobody had Hilaire anywhere. Everybody thought Hilaire was going to be like the second guy on this team, uh, and then he came out and did this kind of like Joe Burrow and a couple other guys on this LSU team. They, they had a phenomenal year, uh, and so it kind of worked perfectly for Hilaire coming out this year. Uh, he's 5'8", 209 junior, so some of his advanced stats. Uh, his big play percentage was 5%. He took 20 plays, or I'm sorry, 14 plays over uh, 20 yards, but with six touchdowns. So, I mean, that's that's really good right there, especially, you know, again, with just 14, almost half of your plays you took over 20 yards where it ended up being touchdowns. 22.6% of the team scrimmage yards, uh, just ahead of even Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, who, you know, everybody was talking about because of the years they had. Yet Clyde Edwards Hoslayer had the most uh, total scrimmage yards, 1,708 altogether. So he was just 
He was phenomenal this year, as we all know, and came in with a just four four percent dominator rating. But again, a lot of that was because it went all to the top guys and and Chase and Jefferson on this team. Uh, ended up finishing fifth behind uh, Moss and Terrence Marshall Jr. as well. So, like I said, I, I don't have much to add. You, you kind of nailed it. A great route runner. I think he's he's an all around really good back, but I think he would thrive more in the the receiving part of the game more as a, more than a runner. We saw that a lot more at LSU this year as well uh, with him. So I'm interested to see. Where he lands, uh, you know, I'll be honest, just like the guy below, or both the guys below him, really, in Vaughn and Moss, uh, I do think landing spot could shift him up or even down on my list a little bit, depending on where he goes. Uh, so since we have the same number four, let everybody know who we both have sitting at four. Cam Akers out of Florida State, 5'10", yes, 217-pounder. You know, I... I think if Akers had played at Clemson or Georgia or Ohio State uh, or LSU, we'd probably be talking about him as the RB1. But he played behind that uh, piss-poor Florida State offensive line <laughs> with piss-poor quarterback. And he did, he did, you know, he spent the last three years making chicken salad out of chicken shit, that's for sure. That he did. That he did. I have to admit to that he did, yes. Yeah, I don't uh, – it's hard. It really is hard to value him because if you really go back and if you take into full totality how bad that offensive line was and everything, you're right. He should probably be the running back one, yet there's not many of us that have him up there. And so it's really kind of hard to determine why. Like what? what is it that we don't all like about him? Because there is one, uh, Jared Wackerly of the Dynasty Nerds has him as his one last I checked. Uh, he, he loves uh, Cam I Akers. think Jared has him moved down. Did he? Uh, okay. he's since moved in, yeah. So it's he did have him up there. It's one of those things where, as you may, I mean, if you go and you put on, even if you just put on the highlight reel, if you don't even watch the games, you'll see almost every single play, he's immediately having to make people miss in the background because they had guys like you and me out there blocking. I mean, and no, no disrespect to you, but I feel like if we were going up against college athletes right now, we're probably not holding our own out there. So I'm uh, holding like a mofo. Okay, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and even with the holds, those guys are still getting by us and into the backfield. And Cam Akers was making it all happen. I mean, he was really... I mean, it's and one of the things, probably one of his best attributes as well, is you can see how shifty he is in the backfield, how easy it makes him, or how easy he makes it look uh, to make players miss. So he definitely has the ability, I think, to be the one of this class. Um, and maybe you were right. If he was on a team with a really good offensive line outside of Florida State, he would be much higher. I think he can do it all. There's not even any real injury history questions with him or anything. I mean, Akers, he's... All in all, just a really dynamic prospect. So for me here, let's see here, had a 4% uh, big play percentage, had 10 plays over 20 yards. He took four of them for touch. I'm sorry, five of them for touchdowns. Uh, 29% of the team scrimmage yards this past year and came in with a 7.7% dominator rating, which was third on the team. So he's, like I said, had a really good year. I would not be surprised if he goes ahead of one of the top three guys in the draft. I'm just being honest. I know uh, it seems like these top three guys are kind of locked in step with everybody. Uh, I would not be surprised if he ends up getting drafted ahead of one of those guys because I do think a team is going to fall in love with what they've seen from him and, and what he was able to do in a really, 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 I mean, we cannot state this 
any more really bad offense, and he was by far the shining star of that offense. Uh, T- Tamari and Terry was really good as well, but but Akers really kind of stood out. So I'm interested to see what happens to him uh, this weekend because I think he's going to improve his stock at the Combine and then where he ends up going in the NFL draft. Uh, so this is our last same player that we have ranked in the same spot. So go ahead and give uh, the round table who our number three is. Well, we both have uh, the the cheesehead darling there, Jonathan Taylor, uh, at number three. Yes, sir. Uh, 5'10", 226 pounds. It's going to be interesting to watch him run to see what kind of time he puts up. You know, he was a sprinter in high school. He's put up some really fast times. Uh, he's, he's a big – probably – he probably has the best size speed combination uh, of yeah. any of the backs coming out right now. Uh, he hasn't done a ton of work in the passing game, but he's averaged over 300 carries per season. Broke out as a 19 year old freshman with 1,977 yards, has over 6,000 yards in three seasons, which isn't uncommon for a Wisconsin back. No, not at uh, all. No. Wisconsin puts up, uh, uh, they've historically had a really, really strong running game. They put a lot of offensive linemen in the NFL. Uh, but that's not to say that Taylor isn't good. Uh, I, I think when if somebody wants to put Taylor as their RB1, uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and say they're absolutely wrong. I might not have him there, but I can, I can – if I sat down, it wouldn't take me long to make the case for him being the RB1. Yeah, oh yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I really think these top three guys, and again, I'm, I don't want to say, I'll include Akers in there. I think the top four, you could easily make the argument for one. I think Akers, you might have to argue a little bit longer, uh, but those other three guys, I'm with you. You know, one of the guys that I know we both respect uh, in this community, Ray Garvin uh, over at DLF, he just moved Taylor up to his number one uh, after having, I believe, Swift up there for a long time, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not hard to make the argument, as you mentioned. He He's a really good player, uh, you know, so I think you already mentioned it. 5'11", 219, junior out of Wisconsin. Just great strength, vision, burst, change of direction, power, home run speed, contact balance. I mean, he's got it all. The biggest thing a lot of people are going to ask about him, and it's something you mentioned, is is his production because of how good his offensive line is. That's kind of the questions we had of Melvin Gordon when he came out. Uh, you know, and I think everybody kind of points of that because of Monte Ball, who really kind of fell flat when he entered the NFL. Now, Melvin Gordon has, for the most part, proven everybody wrong. I still don't think he's as good as runner as uh, it looks at times. I do think he gets helped out a lot by the volume, as we've talked about. I know neither one of us are huge Melvin Gordon fans. He, he's produced because of volume. I think Taylor's better. Uh, would you agree with that? you think Taylor probably is better overall than, than uh, Melvin Gordon coming out? I, I do think Taylor's yeah. better. I, I think the one one thing Taylor is going to have to uh, uh, fix, though, is his ball security. Yes. He has fumbled yeah. uh, 15 times over the past three years. So that's probably the biggest knock on him. I think he's going to be serviceable in the passing game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, he's got the size to, to do, excel in pass protection. He just has to, to get the wanna the want to and uh, put some reps in there. Yeah, and I mean, in, in all honesty, as you mentioned earlier, Wisconsin, they really do kind of have uh, the the reputation of putting out these really good running backs. And and I do think that was kind of a uh, – you mentioned the pass catching. I do think that was kind of a, a – 
a, a shift of narrative for him this year and that he really wanted to be involved in that because this year more than ever we saw him really get involved in the passing game and I think that was a point for him and, and the Wisconsin offense to really kind of help him out uh, and he did show that he can do it so I really don't have any questions about him in the passing game I don't think he's you know he's not the Hilaire the Akers uh, I would even say Dobbins or Swift you know he's not as good, if, if I had to rate him in the top four of these guys, uh, that would probably be his lowest attribute. But everything else, he is just so good at. It doesn't matter. Like, he could still beat you easily without doing anything in the passing game. So, I am, I'm not worried about his, you know, I, I don't even want to say weakness because, in my opinion, it's not a weakness. But just the kind of lack that we've seen of him in the receiving game outside of this year, it doesn't worry me. My biggest thing is, as you just mentioned, the fumbles. That That is something that he really needs to make sure he does a better job of when he gets in the NFL's ball security. Because one thing we have seen, Miles Sanders, for instance, last year, we all knew Miles Sanders was a better running back than Jordan Howard, but he came in with some fumbling issues, fumbled the ball a couple times early in the season, and for the most part got put on special teams and barely thrown out there. And it wasn't until later in the season, I believe when Howard actually got hurt, when Sanders went back out there and then was not fumbling the ball, that really kind of got the job back. Taylor's phenomenal. He's, in my opinion, like a very rare running back talent. He's very good. But if he's fumbling the ball, there are going to be coaches that put him on the put him on the bench. So he that is definitely his biggest question coming in. Can he work on that? Uh, so this year, four uh, percent big play percentage, fourteen yard or fourteen plays over twenty yards, seven of which went for touchdowns. So literally half of his big plays went for touchdowns. Again, just speaks to his speed and home run ability, as you mentioned earlier. Thirty nine point four percent of the team scrimmage yards, which was first and by far the highest dominator rating out of everybody in this class. Eleven point four dominator rating, second on the team uh, behind Quintez Cephas, who we saw run the other day, uh, who Jeff Akuda actually said was the best wide receiver he played against so that's kind of a uh, I think a, a nice little feather in the cap to uh, Cephas but uh, I mean just he's a phenomenal player you want to take him 1-1 overall as you just mentioned I don't think there's no argument against it he's it for me I think it's just pick your poison with these three guys and I do think uh, that when draft time comes, uh, landing spot is really going to be big for these three. I think depending on where they land, it could really kind of set these top guys in stone where right now they're kind of all over the place. Uh, so this is where we differ right here is our top two. I love who you have at one uh, because, you know, he's 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 the guy. But I have to keep my guy at one because I've had him at one the whole time, and I can't knock him for things that uh, – I personally don't think are there that I know some other people are saying, but who do you have at number two? Uh, I'm sitting at number two with uh, DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. You know, I like Swift just fine. Um, but I, I I feel like there's I, – I, I just – I need to see more from him. I need to see him be the man as opposed to be one of the men – you know the he's a he's a good back. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. He he's a good back. He's okay and he, he's decent in pass protection. He's caught uh, what fifty six passes over the past two years. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Um, one hundred ninety six is his high for carries. He broke out as a twenty year old. Um, he 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 has a lot of things that you're looking for in an NFL back. He's good in space. He's got good balance, nice feel and vision. It, it's, but I want to see more of that. And I think that's really one of the things that sort of separates it for me is that there, you know, 
I'm being a little counterintuitive because as I'm making this argument for uh, or against Swift, I'm yeah. thinking, well, why am I not making the same argument for Taylor, who had a shit ton of carries? Yeah. Which, you know, I guess there are other issues I'm seeing with Taylor, the ball security and stuff. Um, you know, Swift is a little bit on the smaller side, uh, and I don't think he has the power uh, for short yardage, but he's good in space. So I think putting the right system, I think he can be a 60 percenter mm-hmm. where he gets 60 percent of the touches, and that will help him maintain his efficiency, whereas some of these other backs that are, that are a little bit thicker that have good speed as well, uh, I, I think they can carry a heavier workload. Uh, obviously, it's it's still out there to be seen, but uh, right now I, I have Swift at number two, and I and I, I'm ready and willing and open to everybody coming at me with my number one being a homer pick. I I get it. I I get it. Trust well, me. I, you know. Well, I was gonna say you. I don't know if you could say that, but then again, Garrett is also a Buckeye, and he ha- he just moved him up there. So I was gonna say Garrett has him up at one too, but then you could probably make the argument of a little bit of homerism for him as well. Uh, you know, really quick, I want to jump back to Taylor before I talk about my number two because you mentioned something that I realized neither one of us talked about as a negative, and I think that's a good thing because I think too many people are making too much of it, but his carries. He, he's had over, I believe, I mean, he had 6,000 yards in high school. I want to or not high school, my goodness, college. If he had 6,000 yards in high school, I am top of college. My golly. Uh, no, 6,000 yards uh, there at, at college in Wisconsin. I believe it was over like 900 touches or something like that. Uh, how, does that worry you at all? Because I, you obviously see the people talking about it. For me, it doesn't. I, I don't really care. Uh, I mean, he's never shown to be injured at all. And, and kind of the way I look at my running backs when I get them out of the draft is I'm just hoping to get at least four to five years out of them. Uh, because, you know, it really, especially in nowadays NFLs, we don't really see a lot of running backs sign that second big deal and, and really kind of carry on much past, you know, what they do early on in the in uh, their contract. So if I can get five years out of Taylor, I'm good. And I think you'll get that even with the workload he's had in college. So does the workload scare you at all with Taylor? It, it doesn't scare me. Um, I, I think I've really subscribed to uh, Rich Dotson of Dynasty Nerds, hashtag two, three-year window. Uh-huh. So uh, with running backs, I, I'm, I'm evolving into a – my running back core, I want first contract running backs. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking – so if, I, if, if I'm drafting at three or four, or probably four, I'd probably take – well, if I was picking at three, it would be close for me between Akers and Taylor. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it might be landing spot dependent. Um, but I, I think getting getting Taylor, uh, you know you're going to get a back that can carry the load. He is the biggest. He weighed in at yeah. 226 pounds. So he is the biggest of these top four. Uh, and he can probably take the wear and tear a little better than, than some of the others. So... Having him, having him have 900 carries, I, I I think his first contract is going to hold up just fine. Yeah, and, and that's you know I, I I mean Rich, I kind of like what you just said with Rich. I did I, you know his two to three window. I like to go four or five. Especially I mean, chances are you're not even going to get five because uh, a lot of these guys don't get drafted in the first round, so they don't get that fifth-year option. Uh, so most of, the time, most of the time it's four. There's obviously some guys that you're going to see go past that. You know, I would imagine Barkley is going to go past that. I, I kind of think. 
I, I mean, again, homerism at its finest right here. I kind of hope Chubb goes more than just his four years of what we've seen out in the past couple of years. You know, we'll see with Zeke. Obviously, he just got the new contract. This would be his fifth year. Uh, had a bad year last year. So it, it's definitely one of those things where uh, there's – there's guys that uh, we that will go past their contracts, but I'm, I'm with you. I feel like you should really kind of value the the low end part of it, like that first their first couple years in the league, and then maybe try and move on from because that position really just gets beat up here. Uh, so for me at my two, I have Dobbins, who you've already mentioned you have at one, uh, and I do love Dobbins. I mean, it, it's it was very hard for me to keep him below Swift. I will be honest, and not just because of the buck I biased here. 217 junior. I mean, his strength, vision. He's such a smart, intelligent runner, strong runner. He's elusive, good pass catcher. I mean, he has one of the most ridiculous. Ridiculous jump cuts I've seen in a long time. You turn on the highlight reel and see him do that jump cut sometimes. It is ridiculous the way he makes guys fumble all over themselves. You know, he doesn't have any real issues with fumbles or anything like that. He's He is almost, I would say, a complete all-around prospect. The only thing, there is one thing I could find on him that I would knock on him. And I would still, you know, if you're grading on a 1 to 10 scale, I would grade it a 7. And that's his pass protection. He does struggle with that at times. Uh, but more often than not, I see him pick up blitzes and everything just fine. Yes, every once in a while he gives it up, and so I'll I'll put it on here as a knock. But I I, I have yet to meet a running back beside, outside of like Saquon Barkley and Zeke who literally pick up every single blitz, no issue. And Zeke struggled at it last year in the NFL as well. Uh, so for me, really no weaknesses in Dobbins' game. 7% big play percentage, 22 plays over 20 yards, which was by far the most in this class. Four touchdowns out of those, 32.2% of the team scrimmage yards, which was first, and came in with a 4.4% dominated rating, which was sixth. So I know he's your one, so go ahead and let everybody know uh, your uh, your thoughts on him as well. We'll just jump right into it because he is your one. What are your other thoughts on Dobbins and why you have him over Swift? You know, I... I I, I like the way Dobbins runs in traffic a little bit better than Swift. He he can uh, he gets his nose in there and he, he comes out the other side. He he knows how to move in the crowd. Uh, he played big against big in big games against big competition. Uh, he he was a give me the ball, I'm going to put the team on my back kind of guy. Um, he's got good vision, stays low when he runs, and like you said, man, he's got a jump cut that it's nobody's business Uh, you know i i think we we saw some runs this year where where he got out for me the question on him is his long speed oh yeah Um, i i I think that uh i you know he's not going to run here at the combine which bums me out because i want to see all the top guys go you you know like you said uh off air, it, it makes sense probably, but I, I, I think it's one of those situations where you know when I go, if I go in there, I'm I want to be mano a mano. I want to go in there against the best guys on a neutral field and show them, hey, this is what's up. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I also I don't have millions of dollars hanging in the balance. <laughs> That's true. So. You know, I, I, I like uh, I like what I see from him. You know, yeah. the top four running backs are all very, very close. It's splitting hairs. Um, 
And when you're splitting hairs, it's easy to get caught up in in your uh, home team allegiance. And I freely acknowledge that. No, I, like I said, I don't think you can make the argument against he. He's been at my one through time uh, at times throughout the season and everything. I, I, I like I said, I. You know, you could have came on today and said, I have acres. Oh, my boy's about to run. I'm excited. It looks like Ahmed is about to run his 40. Uh, uh, you know, you could have him, uh, you could have had acres at one. And like I said, you may argue a little bit longer against that because I feel like he's probably the artist, hardest to argue at one. Uh, but I just, I, there, there's no way, in my opinion, the you're going by the minutest of minutest details to separate these top four. And it's whoever you like. You know, I, I'm at 1-1 or I've traded for 1-1 in a couple uh, couple leagues that I'm in, and I'm honestly probably going to take Dobbins just because I want Dobbins on my team. That's part of it. That's what – it's a game, right? It's a game of a game, and that's what makes it fun. And, and if you, you know, want to take the to Dobbins number one, I've told people before too when they were asking me uh, – when we did the league breakdown page, I even said, I was like, hey – Hope they take Swift one so that you can get the better do- running back in Dobbins at two. Like I've I've gone all over the place. Uh, you know the main reason I kept Swift at one uh, is just because he hasn't done, in my opinion, enough to move him off of that slot. You know you really kind of dove into some of the things that that he is really good at, uh, and he is, in my opinion, he's just a phenomenal running back. The one thing I, I have hated is that he doesn't. We haven't seen a whole lot of him at times. As you were mentioning, he he has had some injuries. That have really kind of kept him, I wouldn't say off the field, but uh, have limited his production a little bit. 4.62 for Ahmed. I was expecting better, but that's not bad so far. So, anyways, back to this. Uh, 5'9", 215 junior. Great pass catcher. Uh, what's interesting, I thought, for him is he averaged 6.6 yards a carry, which was better than Chubb, better than Gurley, better than who am I forgetting? Sony Michelle. Like, he, he was by far a very good running back when he was at Georgia and when he was on the field and playing i'm going to wait we're gonna just i don't want to give dead air so i'm gonna keep talking because cam Akers is running right now and he oh my goodness dude a four four seven god he's jumping up the board dennis and at my number one i have cam Akers out of florida state so i'm just kidding uh but i mean he's just uh Swift is just so good. I mean, my biggest thing that I have a knock on him is uh, his decision-making. This is actually something I should have mentioned with Dobbins. Uh, what I love about watching Dobbins run sometimes, too, is he is so quick to make up his mind. I mean, literally like with the snap of a finger, you see a whole opening, and he's going through it already. He is such, as I mentioned earlier, an intelligent runner. And, and I really think that that kind of plays into why he was so good at Ohio State last year. That does seem to struggle sometimes with Swift. At times, you'll see him kind of making uh cuts that he shouldn't so that is something i think he could improve on is kind of his uh, decision making uh when he's running the ball six percent big play percentage last year 13 plays over 20 yards uh, which led to two touchdowns 27.3 percent of the team scrimmage yards which was first and a 4.8 dominator rating which finished fifth on the team so He's, like I said, phenomenal back. I, I'm with you, as you were mentioning, and we've said it feel like multiple times here. Landing spot is really going to kind of separate these top guys. It, it's a good year to have uh, early draft picks and, and need running backs. That's oh, for yeah. Sure. Yeah, you know, for instance, a league we're both in, I believe, in the in the back row invitational league. Yes, there's a, a listener league. I can't remember which one. We're both in the... The BR yes, that's what it is. Yes, I think I own like uh, three of the top five picks, so I'm excited. Nice. 
very excited. I, th- I'm, I cannot wait to get some of the players. I'm, I'm, I'm debating on who I'm taking right now, but yeah, I think, and I have one, two as well. So I know Dobbins is going to be one of them and it's going to be, but it's going to be great. Uh, yeah, this is the year, you know, I was actually, you know, as I was talking about one of our longest running uh, dynasty group chats, uh, the uh, I was asking about trading Zeke, actually. As you mentioned, we were talking about getting guys off their first contracts, and I was talking about trading Zeke for a couple overall, for, or the number one overall this year, and a couple other draft picks, because I kind of want to move on from Zeke, because I'm a little bit worried about him, and I'd love to get that 1-1 so that I can really kind of decide which run, young running back to add uh, to my course. So I'm with you. It's a great year to have it, in all honesty. It's a great year to have as many first-round picks as you can. You know, this wide receiver class is good, and, and you have guys, as we talked about earlier, like Zach Moss, who I've seen falling toward like 8 to the 12 range in the first round as well, and he's a guy who could really be a good running back, as we mentioned in the NFL. So there's a lot of guys here that you can grab, I think, that can build you can build your team around for the next couple years moving forward. Uh, Dennis, yeah, I, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting in one league. I, I, I have the 112. Uh-huh. Uh, I, earn, I earn the 112. And, and uh, somebody approached me about trading for Marquise Brown. I don't have a second, third, or fourth round pick. And so I'm trying to package my 112 and Marquise Brown for their 1-6 and their 2-9. Okay. And, and I'm like, it's, it's man, we're so close. I moved back off of the 2-6. He he keep, he has the 1-9 as well. Uh-huh. He keeps trying to say, well, take the 1-9. I'm like, man, I... He's like, well, I'll put in Willie Sneed. And I'm like, man, I don't fucking want Willie right. Sneed. <laughs> yeah, nobody so, wants Willie Sneed, yeah. I, I, I'm hoping this. I, I'm hoping he clicks accept tonight. I think we might be there, but Ooh. I, I could use a second-round pick. Raymond Calais out of the out of Louisiana Tech Raging Cajuns just ran a 4.42. He's a guy who I saw a lot of people talking about sleeper-wise. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's a small guy, though, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think, think – I don't think he'll be able to be a, a full-time back. I mean, you, but that's the thing. You know, I was talking about this, too, in, a, in another group chat before before we get out of here. Uh, the wide receivers that were running yesterday in, in my home dynasty league, a lot of people were talking about Henry Ruggs after he ran his 40, and I love it because I'm not taking Ruggs. I want someone to, to buy up on Ruggs. You know, I want someone to take him early. Uh, and so I was hyping him up, too. I started posting stuff I saw on Twitter, people in the NFL saying he should be the number one running or wide receiver taken overall because I want him to go and push the better talent down. And so when you see guys like that, though, run at running back, you know someone in your draft is like, ah, oh, he's going he's gonna to land on a good team somewhere and every Everybody's going to think he's going to do something. He might. I, I could be wrong. I don't want to badmouth the guy because uh, I, I honestly have not done much looking or looking at his tape at all. So I don't know how good or good he won't be. So uh, really quick, I, I want to watch A.J. Dillon run really quick, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, you excited to watch anybody else this weekend at the Combine outside of the running backs tonight? Um, I, I, w- I want to see how – and granted, since Chase Young's not working out and Dobbins isn't working out – wouldn't surprise me if Okuda doesn't work out either. Right. So, uh, but I would I would like to see Okuda work out. He he was funny in a press conference earlier today. Some guy asked him about uh, getting sloppy this year in his play, and Okuda looked at him and was like, "Oh, I saw I, that. I, I had zero holding, zero pass interferences. Uh, you may want to go watch some tape, Chief." Yeah, that was oh, man. I, We've got Garrett out there for Dynasty Nerds, and I mean, I've loved some of the questions he's asking. You know, I almost want to say that's one of those things where you really have got to know who you're talking to and asking questions about because I 
I feel like that's probably got to be extremely annoying for a guy that is as good as Akuda to be like, oh, well, you've had sloppy plays at times. And I mean, he did put the reporter in his place. Uh, but yeah, that's just, it, it's almost in a way, in my opinion, at least embarrassing. Now, maybe that's a little bit of my Ohio State homerism coming out to defend my guy there. But uh, yeah, that's just, that was, in my opinion, an embarrassing question. Because as far as I know, I haven't seen him do anything sloppy in like two years, much less yeah. this past year. So yeah, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a fun weekend. I'm, I'm excited to see him, as you mentioned, Chase Young, which I, I understand Young as well. We were talking a little bit off air with Dobbins. Uh, uh, obviously, they're going to do their stuff at their pro days. And that does make sense. You know, I know a lot of people were talking talking bad about Chase Young and, J- and Joe Burrow uh, for coming over here, doing interviews in the weigh-ins and everything, but nothing else. And, you know, that they can control everything that happens at their pro days. We're here, they can't. And, and really, I know all of us want to see them do it because they're the best in their classes. Uh, but for them, it's it's got to be all about them right now. Like, it's got to be all about Chase Young because even though you really can't boost your stock up anymore of Chase Young and really Joe Burrow, you don't want to give the, uh, these uh, – I was going to say quarterbacks – uh, these coaches and everything and GMs, anything to question on you. With everything you've done this year on the tape, you you deserve to be where you're at. Don't give them anything to question. Just go to the pro days where you're comfortable at Ohio State or LSU. Do your drills and everything, and then go home, be the number one, number two overall pick, and so on and so forth. So I don't have an issue with it, obviously, as you said, and I agree with I'd love to see them participate this weekend, but it, you know, I'll I'll watch their pro days somehow, whether it's on TV or I'll watch when they post the links on, on Twitter or whatever, and, and enjoy it then so Dennis uh thank you so much for jumping on with me today I appreciate it uh, breaking down our running backs we'll be back on Monday uh with Matthew with Mr. Matthew Fox and we will break down our thoughts on the entire combine as the the running backs are going through their stuff now as we've been talking about then we got the defensive line and the linebackers tomorrow with a a guy I'm really excited to watch and Isaiah Simmons he's something someone I really want to watch uh go through all of the combine stuff so Dennis have yourself a good weekend and I look forward to talking to you on Monday Right on. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle him at the point of line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? <laughs>